Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Woo, here we go. Y'all ready to rock and roll today? Okay. Hey, if you've never been here before, let me just coach you for just a second. Okay. Uh, I might not be your pastor yet, but we, we talk back a little bit here. Okay. So uh, like I'll ask you some questions sometimes. I'll say, Hey, we doing good today. And then y'all go, yeah. Or no, you could say, no, I'm not doing good. And I'd be like, Hey, well, I'm glad you're here anyway. So if, even if you're not doing good, I'm glad you're here, uh, man. And I hope that you feel connected today, man. All we want to do at our church is we want to reach people and we want to connect lives. That's what we do. And so, uh, if you're here and you're new, I hope you feel connected. Come on, get to know somebody. And if you've been here for a while, find someone you haven't connected with before and go connect with them and uh, invite them over for dinner. All right. So just go, go hang out with somebody and get to know them. And, uh, and I promise, uh, you're going to feel right at home today. So I'm, I'm very, very happy you're here. And if you were here last week for Easter and you made it back again this week, you did it. Hey, you already came two weeks in a row. Come on, give everybody a hand that came two weeks in a row now. I love that. And uh, I love it. So, hey, like uh, I said earlier, we're starting a new series called Overcoming. Y'all say Overcoming. We, we uh, like those stories, right? Like you love movies where somebody overcomes something impossible. You know what I'm talking like Rocky Four. Come on now. How many, Rocky Four, man, when he starts destroying Ivan Drago and defeating all of Russia in one, in one round, right? Man, it's like the best thing ever. Why? Because the dude shouldn't have won that fight. But we love seeing underdogs. We love seeing people overcome something that feels impossible. Uh, some of us, we watch like ins- inspirational reality shows. And we like, the, the reason why you like that is because they, when they overcome something impossible, it feels amazing, right? Uh, and uh, it's, it's amazing. We love the idea of overcoming. We love the idea of this thing. But the problem is, is that a lot of us, I just spit so far over here. I'm so sorry. I don't think I have COVID. No, yeah, it did. It just, um, I have ADD. So I, that happens a lot when I teach. I'm sorry. Uh, but uh, what was I talking about? Yep. Keep going. I was going somewhere. This ain't in my notes. I'm just, I'm just rolling right now. We love, oh, I, I know where I was going. Uh, we love the idea of overcoming and we like watching people overcome things. But when it comes to your life, a lot of times, I don't, I don't think that we believe that we can overcome. I, I feel like we, we don't think that we can over, like you might have a problem with anger. You might have a problem with anxiety, depression. You might have a problem in your marriage. You might have a problem raising your kids. And you think if you're honest, you think that, I'm sorry, I was going to trip on that. I had to be going, um, you think if you're honest that, man, other people can, but why can't I? Like, why can't I like have peace? Why can't my marriage be good? Why, why can't my kids be healthy? Or like, why can't my kids love God? Why, why like, and you, you feel like you might be stuck. If you feel stuck in an area of your life, 
this is, these next three weeks are for you, okay? You, the word tells us, I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil it for you right now. The same power, the Bible says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. If you're a follower of Jesus, I wanna tell you right now, you have the power of God in your life and you don't have to do it in your own strength. You don't have to overcome anger in your own strength. You don't have to overcome depression in your own strength. You don't have to overcome anxiety in your own strength. You don't have to overcome your marriage problems in your own strength. In fact, when you try to do it in your own strength, you end up just making it worse. Can I get an amen from somebody? Because y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. we, We are really good at messing stuff up. But through God and through the power of God and his word, you can overcome anything. I believe that. Because we celebrated here, when Easter last week, when Jesus rose from the dead, he overcame everything. He overcame everything. And so th- we have that power in us. Come on. And we need to live with that power. Some of us, we sang that second song. I know it was new, first time we've ever done it. Some of you needed to be reminded today that God has good plans for you. Amen. He's got good plans for you. Bible says it. He's a good father. He wants the best for you. And I believe if we can learn how to overcome these things, man, we can live in God's best. best. Are y'all ready to go today? Are we ready? Okay, here we go. Um, how many of you in here would be honest and you would say that you have a pet peeve? How many of you, keep your hands up. Oh, no, put them down, put them down. How many of you have a spouse that lets you know about their pet peeve all the time? Ooh, okay. How many of you have a pet peeve that you remind your spouse about all the time? Come on. Can you give me a water? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'm sorry. Um, Listen, I, I, oh, thank you. Look at that. that. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Um, Some of us, we have pet peeves and I want to talk, start talking about pet peeves because this is like entry level anger. All right. This is, this is like the baseline of anger. Uh, I have some pet peeves and I'm just going to be honest with, and I'm not perfect. I'm not proud of these. All right. But they are. And it's funny how God pairs you with somebody that ticks off all the boxes in your pet peeves. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, I'm not, I'm not. I have them too, okay? I, I have my issues that, that bother Stephanie, but she doesn't have the microphone right now. Um, I can't stand loud chewing. Now, when Stephanie eats anything, it sounds like Jurassic Park, I feel like. Um, I love her, and I've learned to just live with it, uh, but there are certain times where she'll eat something crunchy, and I'm like, is there, is there an earthquake happening right now? Like, I, what is happening? It sounds like dry roll screws in a, in, a, in a garbage disposal sometimes. You know, it, it's just, it, it's crazy. I, that drives, ice chewing. Hate it. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking I hate it. It makes me want to punch a baby uh, sometimes. It does. And I, I can't stand it. Another thing I hate is uh, people being late for something and then they show up with Starbucks in their hand. I'm like, okay. You're late, but you had time to sit through the drive-thru. Like, come on now, I, I'm early to everything. I have an appointment at 8 a.m. on Monday in Nashville. I will be there at 6.45. That's just how, I, I, I arrived at the airport ungodly early. That's just what I do. If they decide to take off early, I might be the only one on the plane, but I'll be there. You know, I, I just, I don't like being late. I don't like if I'm meeting with somebody, if they're late. And I'm not perfect at this. There's things out of your control, but I hate that too. It's a pet peeve. Um, this one's from Stephanie, so I'm going to own some of my stuff here. I said, what are some of my pet peeves? Because I had some ob- the obvious ones, obviously. Um, and she goes, anyone else that's driving on the road the same time you are? And I was like, <laughs> valid. Um, 
when I get stressed, okay, when I get stressed, I turn into a jerk. Let me just tell you right. And I have the Oasis sticker on the back of my car and uh, on one of our cars. The other car doesn't have it. And I know which one does and which one doesn't. Uh, I don't do anything bad. I never like give anyone the one finger salute, but I do. I'm, I'm a honker. I'll honk. I've, I've, I've started now just doing from a podcast I listen to that Christian works for. Uh, one of the hosts had suggested this and I've adopted it. He gives the thumbs up or the thumbs down. If you're driving and do something wrong, you're getting one of these from me right here. It communicates everything uh, you need to know. So I, I have actually done that. Um, I, I went to Facebook this week. If you, if you want to be my friend on Facebook, I do this stuff all the time. I ask for help for my messages. I ask people what their pet peeves were. And there were over a, like, there was a, like a hundred something comments on there. And I forgot to pull them up and the internet here is so trash, but there was a lot of like people going slow in the right lane. Come on, does anybody uh, uh, relate to that one? There was a lot of ice chewing on there. There was a lot of, there was a lot of sound related pet peeves uh, that people were, and I began to realize we are one bothered society. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like we can get triggered on something so fast and, uh, and people on fa- and Facebook is like the worst part for it. You know what I'm saying? How much anger is released every day on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok? All that? I mean, people will fight. They'll be so hateful. Why? Because you're hiding behind a keyboard. You don't need to, you won't say this stuff to people's face, but you'll, you'll type it, you know, and you'll do all this stuff. Anger is a big deal. Pet peeve is like entry-level anger. It might annoy you, but I think many of us would be like, it doesn't make me angry. Now, if I address it, and then it continues to happen. Then I'm like, all right, quit chewing the ice, baby. Like, I, like the, the house foundation can't take much more of what's happening, right? Like I, 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 I will get angry, you know? And so I, I, wanted, I wanted to kind of intro to let us have a little fun today. Uh, and I want to talk about anger a little bit. And I, I just want to be honest. Can I confess something at the beginning here? Anger is something I've really struggled with in my life. And uh, that's like my gut reaction. I, I don't like to feel sad. I don't like to, uh, I don't like feeling depressed. And w- instead of doing those things, I just get mad. And that's just what I do. And, uh, and I've really had to work hard on not being angry. And I'm not perfect. Let me tell you, if you want a perfect pastor of your church, we're not the church to be at. Um, but I, I'll tell you, anger has been an issue for me. And this is something I have to work on, especially with our kids and with, my, with Stephanie, because I won't be angry to you. I'm real nice to y'all, but man, when I get home, it's like, I, I, they can't go anywhere, you know? So I, I, I have a captive audience and I can be angry and uh, that doesn't excuse anything. And I, I think if we're honest, uh, anger is something that we deal with a little bit. And so, uh oh, can you go put my password in the computer back there? Thank you. Um, yeah, I, we need the, we need, I, I need that back there or I'm going to talk till 2 PM. All right. So, uh, but if we're going to move forward in, in anger, you have to understand something. Anger is not a, uh, sorry, anger is a fruit issue. It's not a root issue. I'm going to say it again. Anger is a fruit issue. Anger is not a root issue. Here's what I mean. Anger is the result of something else. And so a lot of us have some things happening beneath the surface. We're going to talk about that in a second. And, but we need to, before we move on today, I want you, I, I want to help convince you of this today. Anger is not a fruit issue. Anger is, I'm sorry, anger is a fruit issue. It's not a root issue. If you have an anger problem in here, or you think that you might struggle with this, I would argue today that anger is not your root problem. Something else is. 
And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. That's kind of the framework I want to take today. You know, uh, it's like baking a cake. Um, We have a lot of people in here that can bake. And, you know, the cake is the result of the right ingredients in the right environment over time. And so you get a cake. You mix the ingredients, you put them in the oven, the cake comes out, and that's what you get. But, but anger is like that. Like anger is a conglomerate of a bunch of things that are mixed together oftentimes, put into the, the right or wrong environment over time, and then all of a sudden we get anger. That's how it, that's how it works. And so here's my goal today. I want to show you a lot, not all of, because the, the list could be very, very long. I want to show you a lot of the common ingredients that make up anger. Okay, if we're going to overcome anger, we have to understand this. And I want to teach you those so that you can identify when you start mixing those ingredients up together and life starts to mix some of these ingredients that make up anger and you can stop it before it gets to the point uh, where the point of no return, where you're just going to be angry, you're going to lash out and you're going to do something today. But one thing we have to keep in mind as well is that anger is a God given emotion. Anger is natural to your emotional state. Uh, God gave it to you. The Bible talks a lot about God being angry at times. It talks about Jesus being angry at times. And we would call the type of anger that God gets, it's not a sin. It's righteous anger. And so there is, anger is used uh, in humans a lot of times to protect yourself and other people. If you had an intruder come into your home, you better believe you're going to get angry and someone's going to pay, right? Like, I mean, we're, you're, you're there, you, you, that feeling that you get when, when it's go time, right? Mama bear comes out and someone's messing with your kids. You know what I'm talking about? And you mama bites a little bit. Like that's, that's a, that's a good type of anger that you're, you're protecting your kids. You're protecting yourself. That's what anger is supposed to be used for. But I will tell you this, you are not God. You're not Jesus you're not perfect. So if we're going to use anger correctly, it's rare. It is so rare that we use anger correctly in our lives. The Bible actually has a lot to say about anger in a negative sense. It doesn't have very much good things to say about anger in a positive sense. Why? Because we're not perfect. It's hard for us to have truly righteous anger. It really is. Because at the root of it, anger is all about you. Like something didn't go your way. So, so someone's not driving the way you want them to drive, right? Your, your, your wife or your, your husband, they're doing something that you don't like. Your kids are disrespecting you. You deserve, and anger gets real selfish real quick. So it's really hard to be, it can happen, but it's really hard for anger to be righteous. In fact, here's what the Bible says about anger. Ephesians 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 26. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. When we allow anger to control us, we are doing the devil's work for him. I I just want to let you know that the devil's cause is to disrupt, disunify. He wants to tear things up. He wants to destroy everything. And whenever we let anger control us, we're sinning according to this verse and we're doing the devil's work for him. And so some of us, man, we let anger control what we do. Well, guess what? The devil is not going to stop you one bit because you're doing his work. So hey, if that's you, don't let anger control you. All right. If you have a beef with somebody, settle it. 
Don't, don't, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. It's important that we kind of get this under control. The next verse, James chapter one, verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to, okay, quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Woo, how many of y'all are good at that with your kids? Let me just, nobody, right? It's hard. I'm telling you, quick to listen, slow to speak. Are you kidding me? I'm a speak then I hear what I say, and then I think about what I should have said. That's how I do it most of the time. And it says this, verse 20, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. And then it goes on to say this, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Human anger doesn't produce righteousness, and the Bible calls it filth and evil. Man, and it's something that we struggle with. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words makes temp, make tempers flare. How many people like to grill in here? Uh, don't be shy. Come on now. I need to, let me see the hands. All right. How many of you have ever had a little grease fire, like a little flare up in your grill before? Okay. It's the worst. They're hard to control. The, the, what this verse is telling us is that gentleness can actually deescalate anger. But when you, when someone's angry with you and you meet them with anger, it's like dropping grease in a fire. It's a flare up. It actually makes them get worse. It makes you get worse. It doesn't solve anything, but a gentle answer will deflect it. It'll, it'll deescalate it a little bit. And you don't have to be, you can be firm without being angry, by the way. And some of us need some help maybe finding that balance a little bit. Okay. Uh, Colossians three, starting in verse seven, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now it's time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. So the, the, the idea that this is painting in the original language is like clothes that don't fit you anymore. Um, you, you know, you, you grow out of clothes and they don't fit you right anymore. This is the, the literal word picture that this verse is painting. And it's saying, hey, you used to wear this type of stuff but now it's time to get rid of that. It's time to remove that and put on something that's more fitting for you. And what's not fitting for you is anger, rage, malicious, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. That's not who you are. And so if you struggle with anger today, I want to let you know there's something better to put on. And it's the fruit of the spirit. And it's the thing that God talks to us about. And so when the Bible talks about anger, it does not paint it in a good light. Sure, you can be righteously angry, but that's a, that's a hard uh, line to toe. We're, we're not going to do a good job at that, uh, really, ever. And so um, let's agree that anger is not your best foot forward. Can we at least get there a baseline agreement? Can I see some heads nodding? If you disagree, we'll talk later. Okay, but anger is not your best foot forward. It, it's just not. Unless an extreme circumstance happens, anger is probably just not your best foot forward. And so um, I actually did, I did a ton of research on this message uh, because I wanted to bring you something that was biblical and also practical. Not that the, the Bible is practical, but I wanted to bring it in in some terms that we can understand. And so I looked up, um, the, what is it called? Uh, the Agape Christian Counseling Services. And I came across this article that was amazing. And so a lot of what I'm going to share today has a lot to do with that article. If you want it, reach out to me, reach out to us, and I'll get it to you. Um, but if you listen to this, you don't really need to read the article. I, I basically, this is, everything that's in that article is going to be in this message today for the most part. And so here's what I want you to understand. All right, uh, here's what I want you to understand. 
Anger, I'm going to read this. This is from the article. Anger is a secondary emotion. Okay? It's a secondary emotion. Underneath anger, there are usually a variety of other feelings and accompanying thoughts. Okay? So remember, anger is a fruit issue, not a root issue. So in order to get anger, there's some stuff happening beneath the surface that's going on that's going to give us anger, okay? It's a secondary emotion. Among the precursors to anger are the following. You can throw up that slide. We have fear, frustration, pain, disappointment, shame, guilt, embarrassment, grief, depression, loneliness, fatigue, anxiety, and confusion. And that's not an exhaustive list, by the way. There's a lot going on. So I want you to look at this picture right here. And anger is above the surface. That's what we get to see. Whenever someone lashes out, we see what's above the surface. We get to see the anger. But what we don't see is what's going on beneath the surface in people's lives a lot of time. And a lot of times, you might not even know what's going on beneath the surface in your life. You just know I'm angry. But in reality, there's a lot going on down here. And so I want you to leave this slide up and I wanna give you a couple scenarios to think about as we talk about this, okay? I, I want you to think about a mom at a grocery store, all right? How many of you have ever, I know you've never done this, okay? I know no parent in here has ever done this in public, right? Just lie and nod, all right? We've never done this. You, you've seen the mom in the grocery store absolutely lose her crap on their kid. Have you ever seen that? Come on, raise your hand. It's okay. Y'all seen it? Okay. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Now, we see the anger taking place. We see that mom just losing it. Before you have kids, by the way, you're like, I'm never going to do that to my kids. <laughs> yeah, people with kids are laughing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, it'll happen at some point. But here's, here's the scenario I want to I take you through. This mom, she's got a newborn. Okay, she's got a two and a half year old and she's trying to get grocery shopping done. Has anyone ever, this is already the worst, okay? I, I don't know if you could be in a more terrible situation than an infant and a two and a half year old trying to grocery shop for your family, by the way. So uh, what you don't see going on is frustration, okay? Maybe she can't find what she's looking for in the store and that's already, she's frustrated. So that's beneath the surface, right? Uh, she has guilt. She has mom guilt. She's probably maybe not acting the way that she thinks she should act toward her kids. Uh, she might feel guilty about certain things and the way that she parents. And so that's already beneath the surface. She's embarrassed because she has a two and a half year old and the two and a half year old's throwing a fit because they didn't pick the right cereal out that she doesn't, that they don't want to get her. And all of a sudden she's embarrassed because the toddler's throwing a little bit of a fit. So we got frustration, we got guilt, we got embarrassment. Uh, she might be depressed. She has a newborn and she might be going through some postpartum depression or some baby blues. And there's just some stuff going on, maybe even physically, chemically in her body that's making her feel a little off, right? And we know she's tired. We know she's got some fatigue. Can a mama give me an amen in here? Come on. And she's not sleeping. Her husband's sleeping all night while she's up feeding the baby every night. You know what I'm saying? And so we got her. She's frustrated. She's guilt. She feels guilty. She's embarrassed. She might be battling with depression and she's tired. Are all of those things present beneath the surface? So what else is she going to do? Of course she's going to lose it on her kids because there's some things happening that might be unaddressed in her life and all of a sudden, ah, she's going to yell, she's going to scream, she's going to let loose at her kids. But don't worry, moms, I'm going to go after the dads real quick, all right? So let's, let's think of another scenario. Dads, 
Whew. Uh, this one, this one hits home for me, uh, not because of my, my dad actually did not do this. What does Sarah? So my dad, you're off the hook. Okay. All right. I want you to know that. Um, but uh, how many dads in here uh, have a honeydew pro- a bunch of projects at house that you got to get done? Come on. Okay. How many of you have those lists to do, but you're not very handy? This is the category that I, come on, Jeff's honest. I like that. This is the category that I fall into. Okay. Uh, I had some people over, uh, Andrew and his stepdad fixing my lawnmower yesterday because I don't got a clue how to do it. And it was a dead battery. That's how great I am at this. Um, yeah, I know. Y'all pray for me. I'm telling you. So dad, you're working a lot. Things are going good for you at work, but there's a lot going on at work. You're busy. You've got projects you're managing. You've got deadlines you got to meet, okay? And there's a lot going on, and there's not a lot of, like, when you get home, the only thing you want to do is just kind of chill. You know what I mean? Like, you just want to re- relax a little bit, turn on something, veg, just not think for a second, right? Women don't understand this. Men, we can actually not think of anything. Did you know that? I mean, it's kind of amazing. And that's what we want to do sometimes. We just want to be dumb, just stare into nothing. That's what we want to do. But it's Saturday, you're not at work, and that ceiling fan has been in the box for six weeks and you got to install that thing, you know, and you got to put that ceiling fan up. But you don't have a clue what you're doing. You don't even know if you have the right tools. This is, I'm, this is like a story of my life, by the way. I, don't, I might have the tools. I don't know where they are. I have no idea where they are. I don't know how to hang, like, how do I make sure it doesn't fall through the ceiling? And so I'm in here, I'm starting with confusion before the box even opens. You know what I'm talking about? I'm confused. I'm like, I, I don't know how to do this. What's going on? And all of a sudden, it turns into frustration. I open the box and the really important piece that I need, I can't find for the life of me. If everyone ever been there, it's like, I don't know where the little Allen wrench is and I don't know where my Allen wrenches are. So I, I'm, I'm frustrated. Things are starting to stew. And then all of a sudden I'm experiencing pain. I experience pain because I already feel like I'm not man enough when I can't do something like this. And so it reminds me like, man, you'll never be man enough, Clint. And I'm experiencing this pain, right? Or maybe for you, you're experiencing pain because your dad would do projects at home and he would lay into you when you would try to help or you handed him the wrong thing. And so you just subconsciously, you associate home projects with someone yelling at you. And so you're already feeling this pain. You're, it's something simmering. You can't even really control that at times. And then you have I have some, un, uh, some anxiety beneath the surface. You might have something like this too. You got a lot of stuff going on at work. You got to write that message. This is how I am. I got to write that message. I got to do this. I got I to rewrite that. I got to do this. And, and you might be thinking, that project's due. Uh, I got to travel this week. And God, I got to get this. Like, if she mentions the ceiling fan to me one more time. And like you're, you got all this going on. Well, then your child comes in the room. And if, it, and if there's anything like my children, they're, they're asking about food or the Xbox, that's it. That's all we field questions for about in our house. And it's been 48 times already, they've come in and go, can I play Fortnite? And you're like, no, not right now. You've been good, you've been patient, no, not right now. But things, you're getting more frustrated doing this project and all of a sudden they come in that 49th time. And boy, it, I mean, you just spew all over them, right? Like you just get mad, why? Because there's things happening beneath the surface. And we have to address these things beneath the surface. I hope that you can relate to something like this. There's a story in the Bible actually about this. 
There's a story that paints this picture of what we're talking about, and it's found in Numbers chapter 20. If you want to go there in your Bibles, you can. It'll be on the screen. And it's about a guy named Moses. Y'all have all heard of Moses before. God bless Moses. He had a tough job. I just want to tell you, and I mean, they did not make it easy on him. And so it says this, starting in verse 1. In the first month of the year, the whole community of Israel, which was hundreds of thousands of people, maybe over a million, arrived in the wilderness of Zin and camped at Kadesh. While they were there, Miriam died and was buried. There was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. The people blamed Moses and said, if only we had died in the Lord's presence with our brothers. Why have you brought the congregation of the Lord's people into this wilderness to die along with all of our livestock? Why, do you make, why did you make us leave? Egypt and bring us here to this terrible place. This land has no grain. It's got no figs. It's got no grapes. It's got no pomegranates and it's got no water. I mean, Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and they went to the entrance of the tabernacle where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, you and Aaron must take the staff, all right, his stick, all right, the, the stick that parted the Red Sea, it represented God's authority, God's power, and I want you to take the staff and assemble everybody, I want the whole entire community. As the people watch, I want you to speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it had been kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned all the people and, uh, the, to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, Moses said. He shouted, actually. We must bring, uh, must we bring water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and he struck the rock twice with the staff and water gushed out. So the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to demonstrate my holiness to the people of Israel, you will not lead them to the land I am giving them. On the surface, this doesn't seem like much, but there's a lot happening beneath the surface if you really look what's going on in this story. Here's the first thing. And it says this, first one, in the first month, the whole community of Israel was there. And it says, while they were there, they were camping. Miriam died and was buried. Who's Miriam? Miriam was Moses' sister. So Moses is grieving. We got grief. He may have been depressed after this. Maybe some depression. So we already got some stuff cooking underneath the surface here. I mean, it's just, we're, and it's just getting started, all right? So that happened. Miriam died. It goes on in verse 2. There was no water for the people to drink at that place, so they rebelled against Moses and Aaron. Not only that, but people are thirsty. There's no water to drink. And so now we got grief, we got depression, and people are tired. They got fatigue going on. They're thirsty. Have you ever experienced a thirsty toddler before? I mean, my goodness, it is like you would think that we're trying to kill them sometimes, right? And, and so these people are coming at Moses and they're complaining. So now we got grief, depression, we got fatigue. All right, it keeps on going. Uh, why did you make us leave Egypt, they said, and bring us here to this terrible place? And so now these people are complaining that he's rescued them from slavery. I mean, can you imagine this? These people were worth nothing. And, and Moses, they're just complaining. So now we have grief, we have depression, we got fatigue, and now you think that was frustrating to Moses. Come on now. I mean, it is the worst when you're trying to help somebody 
and they won't let you help them or they just complain about it the whole time, right? So now he's frustrated. And so we have this thing and it's stewing. There's some stuff stewing beneath the surface. And so Moses starts off by doing the right thing. He goes, he gets in God's presence. It says he bowed down and God gave him clear instructions. God said, hey, take your stick, the one that, 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 that represents my power. I'm going to be with you. Take my stick and I want you to look at the rock and I want you to speak to the rock. I want you to speak to the rock. When you speak to the rock, the water is going to pour out and then you're going to be able to, everyone's going to be able to drink. The livestock's going to be able to drink. It's all going to be good. Okay. So Moses starts off, I mean, he's doing great. He goes and gets the stick. He assembles everybody together. That's what God told him to do. And then that's where things take a turn. I don't know what happened. I don't know if on the way to him going to speak to the rock, someone said something to him. Someone like said, come on, Moses, what are you doing, man? Like we're all, our livestock's going to die. And all of a sudden something turned, a, a switch flipped. And instead of Moses following God and speaking to the solution to his problem, he decides to speak to his perceived problem, the people. So instead of speaking to the rock, he starts speaking to his perceived problem, which was the people. Now, I want you to hear me. Please hear me. People are not your problem. Okay, people are not your problem. When you are angry, you are the problem. Okay, I wanna say it again. Your kids are not your problem. Your, your, your wife is not the problem with your anger issue. Your boss is not your problem with your anger issue. Do you, the, the, the doctor, your mom, your sister, your brother, they're not the problem with your anger issue. You are the problem with your anger issue. Okay? Moses had the same problem. He thought, these people are my problem. I'm going to let them know how it is. And he said, you rebels, man, I've been, I, you want me to get water from you? And then I, I, I could, it probably felt so good. He took that stick and he laid into that rock twice. Now, gosh, it feels good to do that sometimes, right? But God still provided. God still gave him water from the rock. But I want you to understand that people aren't your problem. They're your perceived problem. You might think that they're the problem, but I want to tell you, they're not. How you respond to something is all on you, okay? It's all on you. The only way, I want you to hear me, the only way that you can become less angry, by the way, is to change you. The only way, the only way you're going to be less angry is to change you. And so if you're in here and you want to overcome anger, don't shoot at anger as the problem that you need to solve. You need to solve what's going on beneath the surface. Man, if Moses, if Moses would have worked on his grief with his sister, if he would have not been offended by what the people were saying, Man, if he would have, there were some steps that he could have taken and I bet he would have had a lot easier of a time listening to what God wanted him to do. But he thought, no, these people are my problem. They're the ones doing this. And guess what? That's where anger is real nasty. 
But if that's something you struggle with today, you need to look in the mirror and go, no, 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 they're not my problem. I'm my problem. My response is the problem. And so I do wanna give us a little bit of a caveat with this because obviously there are some situations where you can actually be the victim of someone else's anger, okay? And I wanna speak to that for a second. Maybe you've been physically abused, you've been verbally abused, you've been spiritually abused, you've been abused. Anyway, think of a way you could be abused and maybe that's you, okay? And you were, the, you were the victim of someone else's anger problems or someone else's issues, okay? I wanna let you know today, I want every eye up here, okay? Let's watch, look, look at me for a second. We all can learn from what you're about to hear, okay? There's a big difference, okay? You're not responsible for what someone did to you if you're a victim of abuse, okay? Wasn't your fault. You're, you're, God can heal you, I want you to know that. And, and there, I want you to hear this. There's a big difference between being responsible and being responsible. Okay, I'm gonna leave that up here. I wanna talk about it for just a second, okay? There's a big difference. You might not be responsible for the abuse that you received. And maybe that abuse is something that you're holding on to that's making you angry. And you might not be responsible for that, but you are able to change your response to that. Does that make sense? There are people that can go through the same exact thing that you've gone through and have a drastically different outcome because they responded differently than you. And so there's a big difference between being responsible and being responsible. Maybe some people in here, you might need to find healing through God today and being able to respond differently to what's happened to you. I do want to tell you that today. You can change how you respond. You're able to change the way you respond. But I wanna remind us, anger always has consequences. It does. Your anger always has consequences. And guess what? Because it's a fruit issue, it takes time to see the results of your anger sometimes. It, it, it might not be immediate. Now, there might be some immediate consequences, but most of the time it's gonna show up later. For your kids, it'll show up when they have kids and they start talking to their kids the way that you talk to your kids now. Well, man, you planted that seed in them of how to respond when their kid spills a glass of water and you just unleash, you know what, on everybody. Well, that, that not only are they gonna do that, they might do it worse than what you did it to them. Consequences, man, they're gonna last later. It shows up later. When your kids, listen to me, there's no pain like kid pain. When your kids are going through something and they've messed up one day, and we all know our kids are gonna mess up and they're gonna have to fess up something to us or make a mistake, and they might not come to you as the parent because they're afraid of how you're gonna react. They think that you're just gonna get angry and yell at them. Let me tell you parents, you got, we gotta get this right because I don't know about you, but I don't want my kids going to someone else when they make a mistake in high school because they're being dumb. I want them to come to me. I want them to have that relationship where we can talk and I can help lead them and say, hey, you are not your mistake. Some of you, you, you were told that you are a mistake and that you, all you do is mess up by your parents. I wanna tell you, you're not a mistake. 
You are not your mistakes. God has something better for you. God has good plans for you. You're a child of God. You made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. And if we're gonna do that with our kids, man, we gotta start treating them well now. We, we gotta do it now because one day they're gonna make a mistake and they're not coming to you because they feel like they're gonna, you're gonna just unleash everything on them. We, we gotta, anger has consequences. And those are the type of consequences that it has. And so what do you do? All right, we're gonna wrap up. What do, what do you do? And here's the deal. I wish there was like a cute one, two, three, here's what you do, all right? There's not. I just wanna tell you right now, it's not cute. It doesn't rhyme. There's no alliteration. It's nothing like that, okay? But there is something that you can do. And I wanna help you understand that. Throw that picture of the anger up again. There you go. If you struggle with anger, you need to right now, as I'm talking, look up here and see what combination of these things that you're really dealing with. Okay, it's not gonna, don't worry about fixing your anger problem. If you can fix the seed, the fruit will fix itself, okay? So, but if you can look at these, maybe for you, you you have guilt. You made a mistake and you just can't shake it and you feel guilty all the time. Man, maybe it's time to forgive yourself today. Maybe for you, you're tired. You're, You're not just, and sleep won't do it. You could get 12 hours of sleep and you're still tired. Well, there's something else going on. You're, you're, you're too exhausted. And maybe if that's you today, the thing that you can do, delete social media off your phone, put your phone away, leave it in a different room at night, spend time with your kids, do something life-giving. Maybe you like to fish, you have my permission. Go buy a fishing pole, go fish, go do something fun. Do something that fills your tank. Man, fill that tank back up. Let's not be exhausted all the time, right? Maybe for you, it's pain. You got some stuff going on in your life that it's out of your control. Your family's dealing with stuff. Uh, your parents are dealing with it, whatever it is. Okay, maybe you should work on that pain. And let me just tell you, some of you, this is what I need. I needed outside help. I, I could not do that. I had to go to therapy. I love therapy. Now, listen, if you're against it, and I'm gonna talk to the men for a second. If you need to go get therapy, men, man up and go do it. Because I'm telling you, you can't do this on your own. You you might need some outside help and you might need somebody to tell you and help you unwind some of the pain that you've experienced in your past. So you need to go do that. Maybe for you, medication might be a thing. There might be something just throwing you off a little bit. Go to the doctor. Okay, like this is all good stuff. God made this stuff, all right? Go, go use it. Maybe for some of you, you're lonely. You feel like you don't have anybody, man. Your family's not great. Your parents aren't great. And you just feel lonely. Maybe for you, you're confused about the stage of life you're in. What, do I, what am I gonna do with my life? I'm trying to find this other job and I just, I'm not finding fulfillment. And you're just kind of confused. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're disappointed. My gosh, that's why I was so angry leading like the last few years I've really dealt with this because I was disappointed. Whenever we started our church, I was just disappointed in how it all happened because of COVID and all the stuff outside. I was just always disappointed. Nothing was good enough. Well, maybe for you, that's something you need to, to figure out today because here's what I know. If you're going to overcome anger, you need to look beneath the surface. 
okay? If you're dealing with anger, you need to look beneath the surface. So if you want to write that down, you can write that down, but put that other slide back up, the anger slide real quick. I want to give us some time. And I want you, all right, you came today, you want to overcome anger, this is your moment. It's not going to all end right now, magically it might, but, but it's going to require some work on your part. And the first thing we're going to do is I want you to look at this screen and I want you to just pray right now. Eyes open. You don't have to bow your heads, close your eyes. Eyes open. Pray, God, show me what I need to work on that's beneath the surface. Show me. Like, do, and so I want you just to look at it. God's revealing something to you right now. Some of these words are jumping out to you right now. And God's showing you, hey, work on this. Hey, come on, give that to me. Give that disappointment to me. Hey, trust me, you don't have to be confused about where you are in life. Come on, the Bible says, trust God with all your heart and all your understanding, or, and not your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. You don't have to be confused. Some of you are carrying around shame. Shame is from the devil. I just wanna tell you right now, it's from the devil. Don't carry that with you. You're frustrated, you're embarrassed by something you've done. Listen. That stuff's making you angry and it's time that we deal with it today. Let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes. I want us to be honest for a second, okay? If there's something that's on this list that you need to work on, come on, I just want you to raise your hand. Come on, no one's looking, it's just me. Be honest, here we go, come on. This is a good first step. Raise, put your hands down. I want to let you know about 95% of us just raise our hand. We're not alone. So God, whatever it is that you need us to deal with in this place, God, I pray you start helping us right now. I pray for the person that's fearful. God, Psalm 56.3, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Help them trust in you. I pray for the person that's depressed or anxious in this place. God, your word tells us that we can take off the uh, spirit of heaviness by putting on a garment of praise. So God, I pray you help us do that today. God, I pray for people that uh, are embarrassed, they're confused, uh, they're lonely. God, I pray that you would begin to reveal these things and give us steps that we need to take to start addressing this, God. And you might be in here today and you've never really had peace. And it might be because you don't even know the Prince of Peace. And that's like square one. When we have a relationship with Jesus, he, we have the Holy Spirit that comes inside of us. And all of a sudden we, can, we, we start having the power to change. And some of you, you've never made that decision. And I wanna invite you today to make that decision, to invite Jesus into your life, okay? Invite Jesus into your life so that you can start having the Holy Spirit presence in your life every day. So if that's you, if you wanna make that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life, ask him in your life for the first time. On the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand. Here we go, one, two, three. If that's you, raise your hand, don't be shy. All right, you can put it down. If that's you, you can say this after me. There's nothing magical about the prayer. You can say it in your own words. Just say, dear God, I need you. I invite you into my life. I invite you into my life. And God, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. I thank you for coming back to life 
and I invite you in and in the best way I know how, I will live for you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on, give God some praise in here. Woo!